What the heck is going on, everybody? Welcome to episode seven of the Kind of Funny X-Cast, your weekly podcast all about Xbox here at Kind of Funny. I'm one of your hosts, Snowbike Mike, and of course, I am joined today by Alana Pierce. Alana, how are you doing today? Good. You know, hanging out. I got my air conditioning fixed, so things are going great for me, frankly. Oh, no more complaining about the heat. We have air conditioning, folks. It's a good day out there for Alana. I love hearing that. You're probably saying to yourself, Snowbike Mike, who the heck is this handsome guy in the middle? Where did Gary Witta go? I I threw Gary out again for another week. He's back on vacation. We'll talk about it in a moment. But of course, we have a very special guest joining us here on the Kind of Funny X cast. Of course, from Gamer Tag Radio, lover of all things cyberpunk, lover of basketball, family, and of course, video games. My guy, Paris Lilly. What's going on, big dog? How are you, Paris? Thank you for joining us. No, no, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm very honored to be on because I have been watching this every Saturday morning since it came out, and I've always loved the format that you've been able to do. I love that kind of funny has something that's Xbox focused to kind of balance things out. And you guys have been totally fair with with your critiques and everything about Xbox. It's really good. I've been a fan. So the fact that I'm on right now. Thank you so much for having me. You know, Paris, when we knew Gary wouldn't be here, you were my first suggestion. Oh, wow. Even before Phil Spencer. I was like, why about Paris? Take that, Phil. Here's Phil Spencer. Here's Paris. Someone else was like, can we ask Phil? And I was like, I guess I'll ask Phil. Phil was too busy. Oh, that's too funny. But you technically were the first request. Oh, that's awesome. That's all. Awesome. And, and and you know what? I mean, like even when you had Larry on and now, I, you know, you're going to eventually have Phil on. I mean, I love those conversations, too, because Larry was pretty open and just honest about everything that Xbox is doing. He admitted, hey, there's some stuff I know. There's some stuff I don't. And, you know, it is what it is. So oh, this this is a great show. I'm glad you guys are extending it, you know, to, at least until the launch of, of the Series X and hopefully beyond. This This is a great show. That's so Mike awesome. Does all the Thank you work. for the kind words. Oh, you're too good to me, Alana. That, <laughs> you guys make me smile and blush over here. So thank you both for the positivity and the good vibes. It's a beautiful day here. Episode seven. And like I said, you're probably wondering, where the heck is Gary Witta? Well, for our fun icebreaker, I'm going to switch it up a little bit. We're going to talk about a fun game because Gary Witta right now is recording his new talk show, Fall Guys, Talking Guys. I don't know what the heck it is. He's got too many projects. But he is playing Fall Guys as we speak with the developers and with Dr. Lupo. You can catch those later wherever Gary posts stuff. But I wanted to talk Fall Guys with my friends right here, Paris and Alana, because for me, I just came out of an awesome shoutcasting gig with Red Bull and my good friend Graham Pooh Bear for Fall Mania. And of course, Fall Guys has taken over planet Earth. I know it's not on Xbox. I know. But I wanted to just have some fun with my fellow panelists. So, Paris, I'll kick it over to you. How much Fall Guys have you played? And of course, what is your favorite game mode? I've played too much. Um, <laughs> it is game of the year. Sorry, Cyberpunk. I'm just going to say that right <laughs> now. And you, you, when you say mode, I mean, I've, I've honestly been jumping in by myself and I probably need help because I keep, I've three times I've almost had the crown and three times I've not. And I know you're like the crown Jedi master. So I need help. <laughs> I really do. But I absolutely love the game. I, I think it, it's amazing. I love that, you know, we had Gamescom, they announced season two, you know, just some of the changes in the modes that are going to come with that. It, it, it's it's the game of the summer. It's the game that has literally brought the gaming community together. And it's not even on Xbox yet. So imagine once Xbox users actually get a chance to start playing Fall Guys, they're going to fall in love with it, too. I love that. 
Alana, what are your thoughts so far on Fall Guys? I know you and I have got to team up before. What do you think? I've, I've played a ton of it. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. I think that it's definitely something that they need to continue to update in terms of uh, game modes, and they clearly have. Um, I'm not clear on the the Season 2, the Gamescom thing. Like, are they... Did they include different modes in that, or is it just that they look medieval? No, they, those like, will be same... brand new modes that we... Right. I mean, there'll be a hoops-a-daisy, there'll be races, but those are new maps, new modes, new elements, like movable objects you saw in a couple of them. There's drawbridges that you have to use to go up yeah. and down, which will be really, really cool to see, and I think it will add a new level of, like, griefing mechanic. Of course, if Harris is sitting up on top of one of the platforms hoping I push him that yeah. way... I'm going to pull him the opposite way just for fun. Oh, you're right. I was into it, but Seesaw is my favorite mode. And now I'm thinking about how it could be like Seesaw. I mean, my least favorite. I hate Seesaw. <laughs> it's the literal well, opposite. And now yeah. everything could be Seesaw. And I don't want that at all. Uh, I'm but in yeah. agreement with you on that. I, if I can say what my least favorite mode is, because I'm an idiot every time, <laughs> is uh, it's the match game one where, you you know, the symbol will come up. You got to go over to that. I screw it up every time. Every time I screw it up. I, I, this game, this is why I love it so much because it's the most frustrating. Oh my God. I love it game. I think I've ever played or at least in a very long time. I curse at the screen so much about this game. And as soon as I'm done cursing, I go, all right, I got to play again. Cause I love it. I'm, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm simply addicted to it. So it, it's a fantastic game. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to, as it continues to grow, like I think the, the biggest thing that can happen to this game is when it does come to Xbox, when it does come to Switch, when it is widely available on mobile and they enable crossplay. When this is platform agnostic and you can just pick up any device you want and play it. I mean, it's it's going to be a game changer. I'm really looking looking forward to that in the future. I love that. I'm going to pose two more questions to round this one out. One. I know, of course, we don't know the business deals ends on the back end here, but how long do you think Xbox users will have to wait until this game will come over? And two, we saw now Animal Crossing absolutely explode during our new COVID-19 way of living, stay-at-home orders. Of course, Animal Crossing was going to be big, but it exploded. Fall guys here at the end of the summer still stay at homes. Kids aren't going to school yet. It exploded. Is there a game that Microsoft or Xbox have in their back pocket or a title maybe you could think of that could have gotten this much exposure during stay-at-home orders that could have exploded like we see with these games. Alana, I'll kick it over to you for that one. What was the first question? How long is it going to take? Um, yeah, how long do you think it's going to take? Deals are all over the place and really hard to guess, and especially because it's a deal between, in theory, Devolver and PlayStation. I'd have to like look at previous precedents that they've set for that kind of thing. I would guess a year, but... It's really hard to say. And I'm only really guessing a year because a lot of exclusivity deals are like just just that, even 12 months. Um, <laughs> so, But it, that really is a wild guess. It's very hard to say. I could see six months being realistic as well for them. Maybe they want to get it out of a, the holiday period. Um, tough to say. Is there an Xbox game that could have taken off in this way? So, I mean, Animal Crossing is so specific to why it worked, right? In that it is literally giving you this world to live in that is beautiful escapism that you can also see, like visit your friends very casually. So it's like, you know, I, I played tons of Animal Crossing during lockdown and it, it's, it was just very calming. I'm trying to think of an Xbox game that would fit that. Like I think Pokemon also would probably have walked if it came out around the same time. You would have seen a spike in Pokemon sales, obviously still the most successful IP of all time. Uh, so it's not like Pokemon isn't successful anyway, but... I, I think, I mean, maybe like Gears 5 probably. Uh, I would have played a lot more Horde right now if it had come out right now. Halo Infinite, no doubt, would have done very well. I'm playing tons of the Master Chief Collection. I played uh, Halo 3 several times at this point. So 
yeah, there's basically no doubt that that Halo Infinite will be a disadvantage in terms of a player base the longer it's pushed. Obviously, got like those 2022 rumors now that I feel like that's probably not true, but uh, we'll see how that goes. But uh, yeah, anything multiplayer and fun. Like, imagine if Fusion Frenzy came out right now. That'd be great. Yeah, <laughs> be all over that. But it's yeah, it's it's hard to say. I mean, I still am obviously playing a lot of Xbox games um, frequently. I think Flight Simulator has been a really good one for, as we said last week. The sense of travel, going home, getting out of your, your, the apartment you're locked in if you're like me. So definitely appreciate that right now. Love that. Paris, what do you think? You got any off the top of your head that could have taken over the globe here? Yeah, yeah, yes, I do. And to answer the first part of it, I was thinking more six, probably six months. I was thinking PlayStation would probably have this through the holiday and then probably by spring, you know, end of Q1, we would see it come to Xbox, something like that, because I would assume they're going to try and put it on Game Pass if they do. Um I think as far as a game, and it doesn't exist now, but if they were to bring it back, would have been amazing during this time is Viva Pinata. I think the social aspects of that, the cooperation, the visiting other people's quote unquote worlds and things, especially now in the age of Twitter and social media where you can share so much would, would be amazing. I, I was truly hoping during this game showcase, you know, for the next gen reveal that we were going to see Viva Pinata come back because as soon as Animal Crossing took off, it was the first game I thought of. That would be perfect for Xbox. I love that. Both of you, killer answers right there. I would have gone with Fusion Frenzy and Viva Pinata. I guess I'll add to the mix. I've been preaching it since we kicked this podcast off. But I think one versus 100 really would have made a splash here. I think that mm. social interaction of knowing everybody's gathered around the TV, everybody's in their living rooms, smiling and engaging with one another together at a certain time frame really would have struck a big chord here during this COVID-19 world. And I, man, hearing Alana say a year, hearing you say six months, I'm over here like I'm having so much fun with Fall Guys. I just want it to be released in a three months or less window. I thought we would have heard that for season two, but I think it could be a long time after hearing these two, uh, which will be very unfortunate for Xbox users. I, I hope that the hype doesn't die down in six months to a year, which would be unfortunate for Xbox mm -hmm. users. I think it'll come back when it gets to that new player base because it is still a big player base. Obviously, the PlayStation player base right now is a lot bigger. That's the reality. Uh, but it's still a lot of people who'll be very excited to play the game for sure. Can't I wait. love that. Well, we got everybody smiling. We got everybody engaged. Let's jump into our housekeeping news really quick and get into the show. Of course, this is the Kind of Funny X-Cast. It posts each and every Saturday at 6 a.m. Pacific time on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and podcast services around the globe. We are right, still please. a new show. Okay. Bless you, my love. Thank you. So we need your support. Please subscribe to YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. Like the video, share it with your friends. Of course, engage with us in the comments. We're also on podcast services. So please, please, please leave a review. And of course, you can check out all of the Kind of Funny products by just typing in Kind of Funny to any podcast service. You'll see all of the awesome shows they do. And of course, your Xbox weekends continue. Last week, you got the first ever Kind of Funny Xbox weekend with both the Kind of Funny X-Cast and the first ever playthrough of Halo Combat Evolved with the Greg Miller. That's right. Episode one is now live. This weekend, you will have the Kind of Funny X-Cast and episode two of Greg Miller's first ever playthrough of Halo Combat Evolved. So enjoy your Kind of Funny Xbox weekend. Paris, I've already heard from Alana. She thinks it's ridiculous that he hasn't played this. What are your thoughts on Greg Miller not playing Halo Combat Evolved yet? I think it's ridiculous. 
and, <laughs> and and I'm an old man, so so I remember when it originally came out. But it's been almost 20 years, Greg. Why have you not played this game? We wouldn't have the modern first-person shooter on console if it was not for Halo Combat Evolved. So yes, shame on you. Go ahead, finish it, please. I'm excited to see how he uh, handles the library when he gets to that point. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And He's our final heroic, piece- right? He's playing on Heroic with Tim Geddes, uh, so, so he does have a co-op heroic? partner. Okay, yeah. that makes that makes the library a little bit easier. Yeah, yeah, Tim can kind of pull him along and get the instant checkpoints and force him to be tethered to him. So, you know, that's a helpful one. Yeah. Our final piece of housekeeping news is actually going to come from my good friend Paris, because I know right now, tonight, that we're recording this. So yesterday, for all of you listening and watching, please, you can go check out the VOD. But Paris, I know you and Khalif Adams are teaming up again with a number of people that kind of funny best friends will recognize on spreading an incredible message. So Paris, I wanted you to just steal the show for a moment and promote that and make sure everybody knows what they can tune into. No, absolutely. And um, just to be serious for just a second. So again, Khalif Adams spawn on me. I I have to give him all the credit on this. He doesn't know how to cook. I mean, he's terrible at cooking. Don't eat any of his cooking, but (laughs) a lesson in blackness is something that we did back when George Floyd, um, the George Floyd incident happened and which has reignited the Black Lives Matter uh, movement here in the United States. So we basically had a panel of gamers and Kind of Funny's Own Blessing was a part of that. And we talked about what it was like to be a black person in America right now. And it wasn't even so much about gaming. It was about real life. We talked about our real world experiences dealing with the police and just some of the racism that has happened throughout our lives being here in in, in America. And since that episode, um, the support and just the opportunities that have have come about to help spread the word about Black Lives Matter throughout the gaming community has been amazing. It absolutely has been. But we decided that we wanted to do a reunion show and then our schedules were busy. So it kind of got delayed. And obviously everything that that is currently going on here in the United States, we're like, you know what? We need to do it. So Khalif, Got everyone back together. We agreed on a day and time, which is tonight as we're recording this. Um, if you go to Spawn on Me's Twitch page, we're doing it live. There'll obviously be the video on demand. I'm sure he's going to have it on YouTube and there'll be a podcast version as well. But we're going to kind of reconvene and just see where we we are since the last time we talked. And again, what does it mean to be a black person in America in 2020? And um, I, I think there's going to be some good. I do think there's unfortunately still going to be some bad that comes out of that conversation, but it's a conversation that needs to happen. It absolutely does. And and again, all, all the love goes to Khalif uh, for putting this together. And I hope everyone can tune in. And obviously it's, it's a moment to listen. And it's also a moment, excuse me, to figure out a way, what can you do to help promote change? That's the biggest thing because something has to change in America. And uh, I hope everyone checks it out. Love that, Paris. Thank you for taking the time to promote that. I think it is one that I watched the first one live, and it's something where you get educated, you learn more, you get to see the insights of the people that you know and love on the daily basis. And I think a lot of kind of funny best friends will recognize all of the names and faces on this screen later this evening and on the VOD later. And I think you'll be able to learn a lot, and I think you'll be able to connect with others, which is the main goal here. So thank you, Paris, for sharing that. And shout out to Khalif Adams for always doing good there. Let's take a deep breath. Let's jump back in. Let's check the dashboard for all of our fun weekly news topics. Of course, this week we have two big releases coming over on the Xbox and PC side with Wasteland 3 and Tell Me Why. 
So I'll give you the Metacritic scores, and we're going to give you our early impressions if we played it, or just our excitement levels and thoughts heading into these releases over the weekend. So over on Metacritic, Wasteland 3 received an 85 from critics, and then Tell Me Why has received an 83. So some pretty good scores right there. And you know, after two weeks of Microsoft Flight Simulator and Battletoads, not too bad with Wasteland 3 and Tell Me Why. Alana, I'll kick it over to you because I believe you are the only one of us three that have actually gone hands-on with one of these two titles. So what have you thought of Tell Me Why and Wasteland 3? I love Wasteland as a franchise. I have not yet had a chance to play Wasteland 3. I'll probably play it tonight. Probably be my weekend game. I absolutely love Wasteland, though. So, like, even having not played that, I'm like, you owe it to yourself to play it to understand a lot of things, like how Fallout came to be, um, and then everything that that spanned off of that. Like, Wasteland's just just awesome. Um, and I believe I mentioned that the first one is on Game Pass, so you can also even go play the retro one, which is very cool. So I have played about two hours of Tell Me Why, and I do need to like start this off by disclosing that it is not my kind of game. Uh, I don't like Life is Strange very much. Um, those kind of games are just not my thing. Uh, that doesn't mean that I think that they're bad by any means. It's just like, I like something with combat, with a little more puzzle focus, less of a, a conversational dramatic piece. It's just not my, my kind of thing. But I wanted to check it out anyway. And also just like, can we just talk for a second about how nuts it is, how many Xbox games are coming out right now? <laughs> yeah, like, like Flight Simulator and then Battletoads and Wasteland 3 and Tell Me Why. Like, where did this come from? Like. It's just so many that I was like, why this time of year? It just, it's crazy. Like, I just feel like I'm, I'm struggling to even keep on top of it. They're doing a great job right now. Just totally out of nowhere. Uh, so tell me why is very don't nod. It is very similar to Life is Strange. And I feel pretty safe in saying that if you like Life is Strange, you're going to like this game. I think the um, environments definitely look more detailed. They took some of the cartooniness out of the character models, which to me makes them look a little bit dead <laughs> just very dead eyes so i think maybe they should have stuck with that more cartoony style um but the story is very focused so far on the fact that one of the characters is trans and uh it it, it seems like the narrative that's unfolding which i think it's actually going to be a lot more layered than it presents itself as and that maybe the opening parts um didn't grab me as much but i can definitely see this heading in a narrative direction that like is going to have a lot of mystery, but the issue it presents you with at first is that the boy, when he comes out as trans to his mother, she tries to kill him and she has a lot of trouble dealing with that. And he defends himself and then stabs his mother to death saying this isn't a spoiler because that is literally the opening of the game before you even get into the gameplay. That's what you're being told. Um, so that's like very heavy from the jump, but I didn't, didn't expect it. And it definitely delves into those issues and isn't shy about it. Obviously I'm not uh, trans. I can't speak on behalf of the trans community, but I feel like this is a solid representation. And I did immediately text one of my close friends who is trans afterwards. It was like, how, how do you specifically feel about this? Of course, still just one person can't speak to the entire community of, of trans people who all feel very differently about things. But, um, she was like, I think this is the best representation of trans people we've ever seen in a video game. So if they've done that well, and that community feels like it's something that they strongly relate to, I think that is 100% uh, worth experiencing. Also probably worth experiencing for people who don't necessarily understand the struggles the trans community can go through. I feel like it, again, I don't want to speak to this being not positive and having not finished it, but the vibe that I get is that it has the potential to be something that is very informative um, and is taking a lot of risks that a lot of other studios don't delve into those topics. So Definitely appreciate that. But uh, gameplay-wise, it's very Life is Strange. It's very walk-around, look-at thing. Um, 
which is never something that's really grabbed me. And I did feel like at first it was just really overwritten and kind of cheesy and corny a bit, um, which is maybe because they're sort of beating you over, head, over the head with introducing who these characters are, like personality wise. Like, well, we have to remind you, they have this sense of humor and this sense of humor and like this person's insecure. We have to just like really, really, really let you know that. So don't love the writing. Feels like it is, it is trying very hard not to do the uh, show don't tell thing. Like it is trying to tell you things, but I think it does it just a little bit too much to begin with uh to the extent that it was just sort of exhausting uh the pacing of it but yeah definitely even from the 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 bit that i played got the impression that it's heading in the direction of a mystery that i think is a lot more complicated than i originally thought which is generally any good mystery um and i i do think the people who like life is strange will 100 percent love this game it's just totally a personal thing that i have never been terribly into those games um which is crazy because did either of you play remember me no, I have not. No. Basically, Don't Nod's first game. I don't know if it was actually their first, but their first popular one. That game still focused on very similar themes that are in Tell Me Why, which is a lot of memory stuff. Uh, a lot of focusing on... Remember Me literally has a mechanic where you alter memories in real time to get the right outcome. Um, it's very similar to the thing in Cyberpunk that I'm forgetting. Brain Dance. It's actually like a brain dance in Cyberpunk. Uh, where, yeah, you're, like, unlocking things as you go, and sometimes there are layers, and you have to just, like, move things in the right time to get the right outcome from a memory to be able to move forward. But Remember Me also had combat, platforming, um, and the combat was really cool in that game because you could make your own combos, so it would let you unlock your combos, but then you would be the one to input in the combo screen, like, I want this to be button mapped to XXX, and this is XYX. So you would be choosing how to build your combos, which was actually really neat, and I always feel like, they have this very good sense of place in Don't Nod games. A really good, uh, they do a really good job with just like creating those environments and making them feel lived in. And I still just wish they, wish they did that combat stuff because that, that would just make those games appeal to me more. But it ain't about me. It's definitely still a fun interactive film yeah. uh, that I think people who love um, their their other games, I guess, aside from Remember Me, will really enjoy. I love that. Paris, I'll I kick like it over. Very detailed, sorry. <laughs> oh, you did a great job, actually, Alana. I really loved listening to all that and took a lot away thank from you, it. Paris, I know you and I talked beforehand. I don't know if you've actually gone hands-on with these, but maybe you can just give me your excitement level or your thoughts heading into Wasteland 3 and tell me why over the weekend. Yeah, so I have not played Wasteland 3. Um, also, it's going to be on Game Pass, so I, I will definitely check it out when, when I find the time. But uh, I'm, I'm excited for it because uh, when I saw it, I believe it was the game showcase when I, I first it really got on my radar. And yeah, it, it looks very intriguing to me and because I've not played any of the Wasteland games. So this will be my first opportunity to jump in. And so far, just seeing the reviews and the feedback that has come about it, I mean, it's, it's definitely something I want to try out. As far as Tell Me Why goes, absolutely. And, and just for everything that Alana was saying, I want to experience the story. It may ultimately not be for me, but I love Life is Strange. So because I, I trust that developer and what they've already brought to the table, it, it's definitely something I want to experience. So yeah, I'm, hey, Game Pass, got to love it, right? So I'm looking forward yeah, to it. That's always the thing with this this kind of segment is we're like, well, I got it anyway. So <laughs> already have the game. What to uh, worry about? I will say this to you, Paris. As we look back on last week, I now have the user scores for Battletoads. So for the user scores on Metacritic, it got a 6.4. Paris, what were some of your thoughts on Battletoads last week as we can look back on that one I now? I think that score is about right. It's not, it's not terrible, 
but it's not the greatest thing. It, it look, it is what it is, and I and I think I think the developer understands who they're targeting with that. They weren't targeting me, <laughs> right? So it's it's not something that I'm going to invest a lot of time in, but it's definitely something to get people together and you just you just have dumb fun together playing playing that kind of game. Like like I said, I don't. It's not going to win game of the year or be or be an award winner or anything like that, but. It's just something fun to pick up and play with friends. That's it. Could I get nominated that. for art. Yeah, oh, I, I will say that the art direction in it is is fantastic, absolutely. And and the developer's name is escaping me right now, but they did a fantastic job as far as that. Getting too because yeah. it's not Lala actually Studios. Real. There you go. Yeah, and the music I, is really good too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think like one thing that I'm noticing about user scores on Metacritic lately, I don't know if you've seen this mike and it just sucks is that if you look at the ones that are like zeros and tens they are just absolutely console wars so like if you go to battletoads review and you look at someone who gave it a zero they will also have given every playstation game a 10 and vice versa so metacritic is just like the user scores like have always been very opinionated and while i do feel like that game for me would probably be a seven so that's not very far off of a 6.4 at this point, I feel like I'm ready to just throw those out the window because, unfortunately, you are seeing these people who, like, gave Lost Was Part 2 a 10, gave Ghost of Tsushima a 10, gave Battletoads a 0, gave Flight Simulator a 0. And it absolutely is happening vice versa as well. So, like, Xbox fans are doing that to PlayStation games as well. And I'm like, can't we all just enjoy video games and get along? But we can't. So is is it fair to say this? I, I, I don't know your two, two guys, uh, your opinion on this, but... I don't look at review scores anymore. I don't look at the score. I understand why you need them and their, their purpose in this industry. I actually look at what the person is saying, either written or if I'm watching a video, I want to hear their opinion and how that game affected them if, if, if their opinion is going to affect my purchase decision because it doesn't matter. I, I always use Destiny as an example. Destiny was a 6.5 when it came out. I've been playing that game for six years. The score doesn't matter. It's like I'm I'm having fun with the game. So even taking this back to Battletoads, it shouldn't matter if you enjoy Battletoads for what it is. Just enjoy it. Don't don't worry about what the number uh, on the back of the box says. Just worry about how fun it's going to be for you. I ultimately agree. I don't look at review scores for anything, but I will also play every new release anyway. So I understand that's a bit different. And I was also going to say. I'll also just talk to my friends, but then when all of my friends also work in the industry, that's also a little bit different. Um, but I mean, review scores were invented in a period of time before you could easily see someone stream gameplay or before you could hear a hundred people talk about it. So like when they existed initially, they were pretty important because that was the only impression a consumer could get on something that they were potentially making uh, or spending a lot of money on. Uh, whereas now I feel like the information is so accessible that it is a lot easier for you to just like see multiple sources and watch gameplay yourself and make the decision yourself that I I would think that not that many people make their purchasing decisions based on reviews. Um, there are also studies that back that up. Uh, there was one used as part of a GDC talk that said that uh, review scores did not correlate with sales. So like when you actually look at the data, games that got eights or nines or tens did not uh, sell anymore in trend with those review scores. So they were like virtually unrelated. There was no trackable data saying these scores sold more, these scores sold less. The games with poor scores like a Destiny, which sold tremendously well, sold any less. So I, I don't think that they matter that much. They're mostly just talking points. And, you know, as someone who's written many a review at IGN in my time, Paris, I love to hear you say that you're the kind of person who would read the review and not yeah. go to the score because it sucks. <laughs> and you're like, I just yeah. spent like 
there's like 4,000 words and you just looked at the score and the score is so hard to place too. Like I promise you writers hate, the scoring sucks. Like you're like, how am I supposed to take all of these words and all of these sorts and put right. yeah. a great number on it? Like it just sucks. But a lot of the community, I think even in, in the comments to this will be like, well, then why do they do them? It's because the data on that says that audiences care. So they'll click on something more if it has a score, they'll talk about the score more, they leave more comments. Like it clearly is very important to the community to be able to react to and discuss scores. So you are repeatedly giving these major websites uh, the feedback that scores matter to you while also saying that you hate scores, which, you know, they're going to listen to the data before they read your comment. So it has to stay that way for now. But yeah, I ultimately think we're in a weird spot where scores matter less and less the more people are streaming. But they still matter to devs, which uh, I think is sort of a mess because the people giving scores to things are giving the scores to the audience who doesn't necessarily care not to the devs. When I score something, I don't think about a developer. But then the developers are the ones who care more about what a score is. Like, obviously, the the Fallout New Vegas one is a big one where they, uh, I think they were getting bonuses only if it's over a certain... Right, yeah. Bonuses five, type scores, yeah. Yeah, so, like, it's become a bit messy um, in terms of, like, how different people weight them. But, yeah, I generally think you're best to... Obviously, you can't make up your mind based on trailers and marketing because they are intended just to sell you the thing and to make everything look awesome. But definitely talk to as many people as you can. You know, gamers are are a plenty. There are millions uh, of different people who you can talk to about. Like, am I going to like this thing? And where something like Tell Me Why is concerned, I think you're going to like it if you if you like Life is Strange. Battletoads, you're probably going to like if you liked Battletoads or you like '90s cartoons or you like a beat 'em up. Like, it's all very like are in line with what they are. But it's definitely going to be a complicated mess. That's <laughs> for sure. The big topic and a big mess is right, but it's evolving every single day. You have two new games out over on Game Pass. You have Tell Me Why and Wasteland 3. So go out there and game this weekend because it's going to be a ton of fun. Heading over to our next story, you two. Help is on the way for Halo Infinite. So this is going to be coming from the Halo Waypoint blog post that they just put up with 343 Industries saying, hey, we're bringing on some Halo vets to come out here and help this team right now. So I'll read directly from the blog post. So everybody gets a quick hint at what's happening here. Quote, as the team focuses on hitting our new launch window for the game, two Halo veterans have offered their helping hands. Pierre Hintzy, if I mispronounce that, my apologies, the head of our publishing team for Master Chief Collection will be joining the Halo Infinite team as a project lead for our free-to-play experience. He and his team have demonstrated an, an amazing ability to deliver new content, an excellent flighting program and uh, substantive updates across Master Chief Collection over the past years. We look forward to having his expertise directly on the Halo Infinite team as we look to deliver a quality free-to-play multiplayer experience for everyone. And last, but certainly not least, we're excited to announce that our old friend, Joseph Staten, will be returning home to Halo for a bit. After helping launch Tell Me Why this week, he will be coming aboard as project lead for campaign as we push towards our 2021 release. The team has been working hard realizing our vision for the campaign, and we're happy to have Joseph's help to help get it to the finish line. For those of you who don't know who Joseph Staten is, he wore many hats while working at Bungie for all their Halo titles and even Destiny before joining the Xbox Game Studios family in 2014. If you enjoy Halo storylines, characters, and overall universe, he's definitely one of the key people to have you think. All right, you two. 
some big stuff coming out from 343 Industries. Not only two Halo veterans joining the team to come help, but we also saw that Certain Affinity posted a nice little blog post saying, hey, we're going to extend our ongoing partnership with 343 Industries as well to help assist on this project. So what are your two reads on this one, Paris? I'll kick it to you. As I know, this is a big topic right now. We've seen Halo get delayed. We've had a lot of rumors, of course, 343 as well. Paris had to come out and say, hey, it's not coming out in 2022 and we're not dropping Xbox One support. Are these two veterans, is Certain Affinity the keys to ensuring that everything that we were promised and more is fulfilled for you? So I got a lot to say on this one. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll start with Certain Affinity. That doesn't surprise me at all. That just makes logical sense for them to come in and just obviously help with the multiplayer and deliver everything that that's going to be. Now, as far as Joe Staten goes, which also he's he's the voice of the grunts, by the way. Got to throw mm -hmm. that in. <laughs> um, this tells me don't expect Halo until holiday 2021. This, that's what that tells me. This tells me it's not just COVID that caused this delay. This tells me that there's definitely things with that game that needs some serious structure, some serious leadership to get to the finish line. And they're not going to happen quickly because if they were just delayed because they were working from home, okay, fine. Why are you bringing in Joe Staten to be a leader at 343 to deliver this game? So I'm not going to sit here and say that Halo is in trouble and oh my God, everyone, you know, run for the exits. I'm one of those people that saw it during the reveal and my instant reaction was it's Halo, so I'm excited. And then as I, I look back later and I'm seeing all the comments, I'm like, wait, what? You didn't like this? And I, I, I didn't don't expect get it. that either, Paris. I was like, yeah, like Halo, I great. Yeah, I, right, exactly. But I then came to understand what people were because look, Digital Foundry, they do their thing. So it's like, oh, wait, now I see what you mean. I, I, I get why people are having a problem with this. Then obviously we saw that, you know, the, the multiplayer 120 frames, free, free to play, all that. Okay, great. But there was still that bug in the back of my head. We've not really seen this game yet. You're not doing public flights. Do you really have enough time to deliver this game in November? And ultimately, we're finding out that was not the case. And I think since then, yes, there's been a lot of crazy rumors. But where there's smoke, there is some fire. And I do think there is a little bit of validity to some of this in that the game is simply not ready. And, and I do applaud Microsoft for making the right call here because... If they would have delivered Halo hot this holiday just to say, hey, we had Halo at the launch of the Series X, I think ultimately that hurts not only the Halo IP, but that even hurts this next gen approach to what Xbox is trying to deliver to us. Because you now have betrayed the trust and the goodwill that you've been building up since the Game Awards last year and all the services and everything that you've delivered. Because the question gamers are going to come back and say is, well, Microsoft Game Studio doesn't make good games. Look at Halo. Halo's the flagship. Hey, I, I've been saying this so much as a broken record, but they cannot screw up Halo. They just simply can't. They can't. I would rather this get delayed an entire year, and then when it comes out, it's amazing, versus them just trying to rush it out. So um, long story short with all this, I, I just think, yes, with Joe Staten coming in, this is going to be an extended delay. Prove me wrong. I hope you prove me wrong. I hope we get it a lot sooner than that, and I hope it's amazing. But please, 343, take all the time you need to make sure that Halo is right. And to me, I, th I think that means holiday 2021. I love that. Alana, what are your thoughts on bringing in two big vets here? Is this going to be helpful or hurtful? <laughs> I ultimately think Paris is 100% right. Um, you know, when we first saw the game, I wanted it to look like 
Halo and it reminded me of the silent cartographer for whatever reason. So I was like, great, it looks like Halo. Um, that's why I was like, cool with it. This is what I wanted to see, even if it doesn't look next gen, which I think um, Gary brought up a lot of really good points about like, well, when you're trying to sell a system, why do you have a game that doesn't look, that doesn't show off that hardware when you keep bragging about that hardware? And I do totally agree with him while still being like, I would have played that Halo looking like that. When they announced the delay and said it was related to COVID, I never really believed that. Um, I have no doubt that that has had an impact. Uh, you know, it's impacted all of our jobs, right? It's certainly changed the way that everything that I do at Funhouse functions. Like, that's just that's just the reality of it. Um, things are a little bit harder to do. Uh, but if it were a COVID delay, I would have thought that they would have known earlier. And they this wouldn't be a delay that they announced, what, two, three weeks after a big showcase. You would have known that at the time when you were doing that marketing. I feel like this delay... And they probably don't want to say it. And of course, this is speculative. Uh, I could be completely wrong. But I do feel like it was a response to the negative feedback um, from a lot of the internet and that they're trying to fix that. Bringing in these two people concerns me because that makes me think the game is in more trouble than I thought. I'm also not going to tell people, you know, Halo's ruined and is on fire. Um, but I feel like... This game has already had development problems with people leaving the project. That's already happened a number of times. Uh, for this to happen again, is just feels like, like it doesn't even really add up with the idea, well, this is a response to negative feedback. They're trying to change something. Like how much do they have to change? Um, why do you need to, to change the team right now? If this is just a, the minor delay, I expected it to be to like polish lighting. Uh, it seems like it's more dramatic than that. So. Yeah, I think that you're probably right, Paris, that it's going to be delayed further than we expect. Um, my attitude towards delays for literally everything is always take as much time as you need. Like, if we're both cyberpunk fans, you know, that game was announced, what, it's been in development for like eight years or something? Like, that's fine. Um, I, f I felt the same way about The Last Guardian. Like, I was so excited. That game took forever to make. <laughs> Final Fantasy VII Remake felt the same way. All things I was really excited about that had really long development cycles were like, yeah, you're like, when is it coming and what's taking so long? Um, and certainly in the case of The Lost Guardian, I felt like that was still pretty buggy when it came out, but the Final Fantasy VII remake I thought was really great. Uh, I'd, I'd prefer that something be delayed and be good than come out and be bad, and I don't agree with the sort of internet rhetoric that people are saying that's like, well, what's taking them so long? Like, hold them accountable. Like, nah, I don't care when it comes out. <laughs> like, personally, I'm like, you know, it doesn't matter to me if it comes out over the holiday. It doesn't matter to me if it comes out in February. I'm not paying attention to, like, how it's going to help Microsoft perform because I don't care. Uh, I'm, I'm not in, an investor at Microsoft. I'm not like it needs to come out in the holiday for them to do well. I don't care. It doesn't weigh on me at all. I'm like, just I just want to play the game that's good. <laughs> that's all I care about. So always in support of delays, certainly concerned about why they needed to do this. Um, it seems bigger than what we were led to believe uh, or what they told us, which again, I never really believed from the jump. So just feel like Halo Infinite's had had some development struggles, and yeah, I just I just hope that the game that we get is <laughs> is like the OG Halo trilogy. That's what I want, but they just got to wait longer. I think. How about I love you? That you too. How do you feel? Uh, you know, uh, I'm mixed emotions right now. Right, I'm somebody that has played Xbox his whole entire life. I never had a original xbox at launch right so i never got to experience a console launch with the halo and i think that was the vision as we move forward right this was going to be a very special moment for halo game or for xbox players all around the globe right to share this and i'm sure microsoft really wanted this as well i am all for um delays if we need to work harder on this but you know i'm also a gamer here i look at it as hey we've had five years now this is a big stumble i am a little upset and i got steam coming out of my ears 
And I also now pose the question to myself and my friends, and I'll pose it to you. is like, we've had two mainstay titles from Halo 4 to Halo 5 that were not perfect, right? They had mixed reviews. You either liked it or you loved it or you didn't like it. They were mixed, right? And now we head into a new Halo, Halo Infinite, that, yeah, might be tugging on our heartstrings as we look back at the fondness of the original Halos and that kind of look and art style. But we also look at it as this is going to be a platform, right, for years to come. With this, if this comes out and fails, is it time for Microsoft and Xbox to look at 343 Industries and say, hey, maybe it's time for a switch up. You should make a different game and this team should make this game. Or, yes. you know, I don't ever want to say, hey, people's heads should roll, right? But are we ever going to look at a thing where somebody walks in and goes, hey, <laughs> you messed this one up and you messed up three now. It's time to go. And I don't want that to happen. But for you two, could you see something like this happening after mixed reviews on one and two and then heading into three here for this team? Yes. And here's why. Because this, this dawned on me uh, a couple weeks ago. Do you realize that 343 has almost had the Halo IP as long as Bungie did? And when you put it into that kind of perspective... It just gave me like, goosebumps. I just got yeah. chills thinking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pretty wild. Pretty wild right there. See, I, and I'll say it this way. I, I was fine with four. I thought, uh, you know, they focus on the forerunners a little too much. I wasn't a big fan of that. But overall, I thought the story in the direction four was going was fine. Five, it is what it is. We, we don't even need to go over that. So the, the, the technical issues of the Master Chief Collection. So when you start to add up what 343 has done over the past decade, it does make you pause and go, all right, if Infinite doesn't land, why would I want to see the name 343 on the back of the box of the next Halo. You're gonna wanna see some kind of change. And look, I know they've had internal people have left, come, go, and all that. I know there's ex Bungie employees and all that, but the reputation right now, not only of the studio itself, but of the IP has been hurt over the, the past five years. No one, like my, my son, he's 14 now. This was the funny thing. When we had the game showcase, and I remember after I'm watching the 4K video out, out on the TV, and I was like, oh, look, come here, the, the, the new Halo thing. He watched it, and he goes, nah, eh, eh, Halo's not for me. That That's your game. That like In other words, he was mocking me, saying that's an old person's yeah, game. Yeah, exactly. That, that's not what the kids play now, and it's that kind of mm -hmm. dawned on me. I go, wait, Halo hasn't been relevant enough during his quote-unquote prime gaming years. He cares more about Destiny, Fortnite, Call of Duty, things like that. He doesn't look at Halo as this huge, big AAA IP. Obviously, mm -hmm. Infinite is their opportunity for, for it to return to glory. But if they would have launched the game in its current state with all the reception, it would have ruined the IP. It just would have. It would not be relevant anymore. So, yes, take your time. And if that is doesn't work, going back to the original question, they, they have to rebrand. They have to give this to another studio. And as much as I hate to say that, because I know people there, I'm sure as you guys do as well, it's nothing against the people that are working on this game because they're all great people. And I know they want to make the best game they possibly can. But at some point, you have to point the finger back at leadership about something like this. And again, I think this is why Joe Staten is coming in because they need good leadership to deliver the game that they envisioned five years ago. I think, I like, I feel... It's very complicated thinking about this because like if I when I call myself a Halo fan, I mean one, two, three, ODST reach. That is what I mean. I don't particularly like four and five. And the reason that Halo Infinite got me, like, you know, I wasn't like 
talking about Halo 4 and 5 trailers and being like, oh my god, I can't wait to play it, whereas I was with Infinite. And the, the reason that they got me with it was because it looked like OG Halo. It felt to me like they were going back to the original Halo that I know and love and that I want to see some new take on. At the same time, you have to recognize when you're talking about what the 14-year-olds today are playing, I do think that Halo, just its art style, its design is outdated. The way, it doesn't matter what, what lighting effects you put on it. It doesn't matter what shiny coat of paint you give it or what tech you're using. A grunt looks like it came out in the early 2000s. That is the way that a brute looks. That is what that game looks like. And I feel like that's a really complicated thing. And it's like, I recognize that's what I want. I want it to look old because I want it to be nostalgic for me. And that has to be really difficult to develop because they keep hopping on about how this Halo they are uh, calling it a love letter to the uh, original Halo. Like that's what it's, the whole identity of that game is that it is supposed to feel like the original Halos, um, which is totally what I want. But at the same time, it means that it's aged automatically because Halo does look old and outdated and like old sci-fi, which never really ages that well. That's kind of how sci-fi works. It's it's old within 10 years, basically, most of the time. So that's really complicated. Uh, do I think that they would give the Halo IP to a new studio? That seems really unlikely to me, um, just because you have a studio full of people who know how to make this kind of game. I think restaffing up an entirely separate studio rather than 343 would be really complicated. But potentially, they could go a much more dramatic route, which I would hate to see, um, which is what they did with Fable Legends. Uh, no one really was into that game, didn't even come out. They literally close Lionhead entirely and then wait and give the Fable IP to an entirely different studio who is staffed up for that over a period of time. So that would mean it'd be even longer until we've got another Halo game. Um, and it also doesn't matter that much on reception. It matters more on sales. So it will be more about how Halo Infinite sells uh, or, or I guess how much money it makes uh, with whatever their free-to-play monetization scheme is that will no doubt exist. Um, less so the critical reception because, again, that, that stuff's not generally, for the most part, what gets uh, a sequel lit. It's, it's sales. So it's, I mean, it's very, very complicated. And I do think that for me, I don't feel like there's a lot riding on Halo Infinite in that I, I have said goodbye to Halo and I'm happy with having the Master Chief Collection right now. That's how I, as a Halo fan, feel. Um, if Halo Infinite is not something that I care about, like that won't feel like a huge loss to me because I'm so happy with the games that do exist uh, that I can keep replaying right now, especially now that they have ironed out the Master Chief Collection bugs. That like, if Halo Infinite is a failure, I feel like I'm good on Halo. Um, but I also recognize that to this company where Master Chief is their mascot and their most recognizable character, yeah. you can't really just stop making Halo. It's not, you know, quite on par with Killzone. You know, it's like, yeah, sure, they stopped making Killzone, but Killzone was never as big as Halo. It's not, you know, it's not quite the same. Um, so it's a very complicated question and tough to think about. And, and yeah, thinking about the fact that Bungie made all of the good games <laughs> is... Uh, <laughs> is is rough is really it, it is it is tough to come to terms with and hey maybe the reality is that that halo art style that halo world is out of date now and that's why to a lot of people it looked really silly but to me it was like this nostalgia thing that i was just like oh my god i love yeah. this that disconnect is definitely there and it might be something that you know even changing the graphics and, or changing the stuff can't fix it's that halo itself is just outdated and and i guess they tried to change it and make it look more modern with the forerunners but as a result i just wasn't into it so it's a complicated situation they got themselves in. I'll say that. It's always fun talking Halo with all of you Xbox fans out there because it brings up so much emotion, right? Everybody has so much tied to Halo. You want to see it succeed. 
you want to see it be great. And, you know, right now we're struggling, but they're hopefully putting in two new veterans right here that will come in and say, hey, this is what we used to do. Let me help you and guide you. And this might be the right path, especially for a platform. Since we've been running long and we won't be able to get into our next topic, I'll bring up one more question on the Halo side just for some fun. Paris, you talked about your son kind of looking at it going, ah, that's an old game for you, dad, yeah. right there. My question is, and I've asked this to my friends too, which is the best, is there's the Halo purists, one through three, just really jumping, no sprinting, no special movement-wise. Then there's the no new sprinting. age Halo, which is aim down sights, there's sprint, there's dash, there's yeah. shoulder charge. So I want to ask both of you, what would be your preferred Halo? And what do you think we need to see in Halo Infinite moving forward? Does it need to be modern? Does it need to go back to the purist stats? Paris, why don't you jump into that one? What do you prefer personally? So yeah, I, and I, I interrupted slightly as you were saying it. No sprinting. I'm I'm definitely in the old geezer camp. Keep it old school. That's how I like to play Halo. But with that said, I do understand modern gaming. Sprinting is going to be a thing. I've accepted it. But if if I were making a game, and I'm sure they'd fire me after a week, <laughs> I would I would keep it the classic way. I agree. But, but that's how I fell in love with Halo because that's how I was introduced to Halo. So that's how I assumed that it plays. So when they made the decision to put Sprint and all that, it started to feel foreign to me. And for better what we're or worse, here, Paris, that's so interesting is if you yeah. and I are two people who saw Halo Infinite and were like, cool, looks great. And then saw people didn't like it and were like, wait, what? And we're also <laughs> the same people who are like, I don't want Sprint in my Halo. That maybe but, you know, we shouldn't be the target it. market. But that's it. But but you but you're absolutely saying it because that's why I went back to like when everyone was outraged. I'm like, wait, why are you? I understand why they're outraged about certain things. But for me, I was like, like you said, give me the classic look of Halo. I'll jump in and play that all day. I'll be perfectly fine playing that and have a ball. But I also agree. Maybe we're not the target audience anymore. I know. And maybe, maybe they screwed up and that's the problem. They made us the target be. audience. Where the people yeah. who were like, I don't want Sprint in my Halo. I want make it Halo 2 forever. Always Halo 2 for the rest of my life. Just yeah. keep making that game. Uh, but we probably aren't the people who should have been marketed to in that showcase. It just doesn't, especially when I'm willing to play the Master Chief Collection for the rest of my life. Right. <laughs> like you already have me. I'm already in. But that that's it's like you're making me feel old and i'm not even old <laughs> and i'm like oh the kids don't want halo like this anymore alana you know the 14 year olds they don't want it this way they want to sprint and i'm like get that out of my video game well i guess i'm the odd man out here because i am all about the modern controls don't get me wrong i love the original but man when you play so much call of duty and fortnite and all these new games that i've played battlefield it is jarring to go back sometimes to the Master Chief collection and be like, where's the sprint button, dude? Why can't I aim down the sights? And yes, that is how the old school went. But I think now in the new day, for people younger than me and everybody that the games that we play, I think you look at Halo 5 and you go, that's how it should feel, right? It should feel fast. It should feel fluid. It should be able to aim down sights with the L2 over on the side. I should be able to dash. I should be able to shoulder charge because I am a Spartan and I want to have these sci-fi feels i want to be fast i think that's the coolest part about getting into the suit right so for me i'm all about the modern controls if you can, can flip can a tank you can probably sprint sorry go yeah. ahead <laughs> no i was just gonna say if i could throw one one thing in there once you bring up halo 5 and and just the, the direction of going infinite and everything if you look at halo 5 it is a technical masterpiece for what they created that game is the problem was simply the story i think personally i just wasn't engaged with the story that they were trying to tell and it was all over the place. So it almost makes me wonder, 
do you keep what you built with five, but just tell a better Halo story? Because I've always said Halo at its core is about the relationship between Chief and Cortana. And I think if you tell that story in a compelling way and then you bring in the lore and everything along with it, I think you could capture that modern audience that you're talking about with all the the hip new features that the kids like, right? Versus, you know, the old cranky man like me. So it does make you wonder. It's going to be fascinating to see when this game reemerges what it is and what it looks like. And again, this is why I think there will be an extended delay on it because they're probably going to reimagine some of the ideas that they already had just because of the feedback that they've gotten this summer. Which again, like... Like that, the thesis I have was like one that I would love to talk to more people about, like younger people who aren't familiar with Halo, like show them grunts or brutes or elites or whatever and be like, does this, is this the thing you want to fight in a video game? And they might be like, no, it looks dumb and old, which no amount of graphics can fix. <laughs> it's like absolutely possible that the sci-fi is just dated and Halo doesn't work now. And like, uh, honestly, like Alana, I know I'm only a year younger than you, but even back in the day playing, uh, going to my friend's house, uh, playing on the original Xbox, like Halo 1 and 2, even back then I was like, so aliens don't look like very interesting or fascinating or anything. And that was back in like the early 2000s. So it's just like, I don't know. I don't know if the the sci-fi-ness of Halo was ever really super like relevant. But that's just me. It's possible. I'm sure I'll get a lot of hate in the comments about. for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. You're baby boy Barrett. You're allowed. Exactly. You leave producer Barrett out of this. And of course, <laughs> we're going to end the show by telling you the new Next month's Games with Gold for September 2020. Those have been announced. The Division 1, The Book of Unwritten Tales 2, De Blob 2, and Armed and Dangerous will be your Games with Gold for the month of September. Paris, I know you are a Destiny guy. How about Division 1? Does that uh, make you say, heck yeah, Mike, that's a great grab, or is that kind of weird? Yes, because I'm actually a division guy as well. So I, I was late to the party with Division One, but uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, ironically enough, I think I kind of like the Division One more than I like the Division Two right now. But uh, absolutely, if someone's not picked up that game, check it out. It's pretty good. I love that, Alana. Any of these games jump out at you for the month of September? Diplob Two is surprisingly really fun. Uh, probably one that not a lot of people have played. That is 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 a fun time. Uh, I also really like the Division One, and actually did like it more than Division Two as well. Um, and it is something that, while it is better played with multiple people, I played like probably like a good twenty hours of that game totally solo, and it's absolutely doable. So yeah, yeah definitely check it out if you haven't already. I know that game like. I remember when the stats came out, the drop in in players. So it's like probably the cases that a lot of people did own that game and they played it for a really small amount of time and then just plummeted off of it. So now maybe if you're someone who owns it as well, in theory with it coming to Games with Gold, community might get a little bit of a resurgence. So if you're one of those people who dropped off initially, I remember the stats were just so brutal. Uh, It might be a good time to jump back in in any case. Um, I've not even heard of the book of unwritten tales too i'm not sure what that is and i know armed and dangerous has a has a pretty solid niche community but it's i guess like sort of looks like a kid's oh wow it's a it's a comedy point and click adventure i love a point and click adventure all right there you go up and was immediately like cool (laughs) that's pretty neat I like that one that jumped out to me was armed and dangerous. I don't remember this game, nor have I ever played it. But when I looked it up, it gave me a lot of brute force vibes with just a weird foursome running around shooting guns. So I'm like, maybe I'll check this out, especially with games with gold. That has been episode seven of the kind of funny X cast. Of course, I am blessed to be hanging out with Alana Pierce. Alana, what cool stuff are you getting into this week? They can tell everybody. 
What am I doing right now this week? Uh, well, I, it'll be done by the time that it's up, but I'm just about to do like six full hours of streams for Funhouse. That's why I have to <laughs> have to go at two. So we're doing these like crazy back-to-back -back streams every Friday. So there'll be another one next Friday. It's basically like Funhouse block from, I think it's 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. next week, um, Pacific time that we stream on roosterteeth.com, like tons of party games and multiplayer games. So we're basically doing Funhouse Fridays right now. They're super fun. Check them out. Love that. And of course, our incredible, handsome, intelligent, just all around great guy, Paris. Paris, where can all of our best friends find you, hang with you, listen to you, and just chop it up with you? All right. If you want to find me, first, you can go to Gamertag Radio, gamertagradio.com. That is the long-running podcast that, that we've been doing with Danny Pena and Peter Toledo. Um, I have also dabbled into the world of YouTube, so I have a YouTube channel now, so just search my name. Paris, P-A-R-R-I-S, and you can find my channel. I got cyberpunk stuff up there, Destiny stuff, the, the whole, whole, whole spiel. Um, also, you can go to Twitter, at Vicious696, and you can see me rambling about something, because I'm always talking about something on there. And uh, I would say for things that I am doing right now, if you check out IGN's coverage this weekend for Gamescom, um, I have a few things on there. I'll be on their daily show and a couple other things. Congrats. And, uh, oh, thank you. Cool. And uh, next week, NVIDIA is having their big reveal on September 1st, and I will be doing a live stream of that, and there'll be a couple other surprises associated with it. So look for that as well, and that will be on my YouTube channel. So find that, subscribe, and watch it with me, and uh, listen to my commentary about being an old man trying to build a PC and do these 4K <laughs> graphics and frames and all that stuff. You perfectly replaced old man Gary Witta. Yeah. <laughs> you fit in well. I love that. Paris is incredibly cool. He's always fun to engage with. I love learning from him. I love seeing him smile. I love his message. And please go check him out. Go follow him. Go hang with him because he's a ton of fun. My parting message will be this. The NBA 2K League finals for season three happened tonight. That's yesterday if you're listening. I know. But I'm shouting out my Golden State Warriors, my Warriors gaming squad going up against Wizards District Gaming. It's going to be a battle. Five games, $400,000 on the line for the winning team. Good luck, Dubs, out there. I hope you win it all. That will conclude Episode 7. Thank you to Barrett. Thank you to Alana and Paris for joining me. And most of all, thank you, best friends, for tuning in and listening. Until next time, be good to one another. See ya.